Hello and welcome to Dedicated Packers, the podcast where we do care about the Green Bay Packers and we don't care about anything else. Let's go! Right, hello and welcome back to Dedicated Packers. It's Sunday, November 19th, and the Green Bay Packers are back in the win column. It was a tough game, kind of an ugly game, as most Green Bay Packers games are. Some mistakes on the Packers side, but most importantly, more mistakes on the Chargers side. I've always said Chargers are going to Charger, Chargers are going to keep Chargering, have faith in that. Packers did, and they came out with a win, now sitting at 4-6. and six. I mean, really just a fun Sunday. Fun Sunday all around. I think this is one of the better games the team as a whole has played, which is, I mean, it's, it's pretty nice, right? You can say the Chicago game, week one, yeah, that was pretty good on, on all sides, uh, but the Bears, barely a real team at the time. They had a nice week two game against Atlanta, had a nice week three game against the Saints, well, a nice fourth quarter. And then it was a pretty ugly stretch there until about week eight against Minnesota, came back week nine against the Rams, impressive performance, really their best game since the week two, week one game, week 10, even better game against Pittsburgh, though they didn't quite come out with a win. But now back in the win column, another win for this Packers team against a tough Chargers team, probably their best win of the season, considering both their opponent and how they played. Just I mean, man, it feels awesome. It feels awesome. We're going to talk all about the win, everything that went down. Before we do that, just going to quickly discuss a couple of injury personnel-related things. So, on Saturday, Benny Sapp, the third, was elevated from the practice squad, elevated to replace Rudy Ford, who was doubtful, was eventually declared out, because when you're listed as doubtful going into a game, there's basically no chance you play. Meanwhile, Jonathan Owens, Anthony Johnson Jr., they look to take the start at safety, but Benny Sapp elevated as depth. Other sort of injury things pregame, Jair, Quay, and Rashawn were all questionable. Now, Jair and Quay, probably not surprising. Rashawn was added on Thursday after apparently sustaining a shoulder injury, so, you know, a little bit of a concern there. Matt said it was nothing long-term. Indeed, he was able to go in, play this game, play really throughout the game. Had a nice day. We'll actually talk about him in our Players to Watch segment. Quay was also back. Awesome that Quay's back because Devondre did end up getting hurt in this game. I'm not sure whether he returned. I don't think he did. So nice that the Packers at least have one starting middle linebacker in there. Jair Alexander, however, was not able to play. We did get an initial report from Matt Schneidman saying Jair would play, but then when the inactives came out, Jair was among them. So, sucks, of course, to have Jair out, especially going into a game against a quarterback who was as good as Justin Herbert, and boy, did he show it. But Jair hopefully going to be back this Thursday against Detroit. He was limited on, on both Thursday and Friday. So, potentially, potentially back for the Lions game. That's kind of the hope there. That's what I have, uh, mostly on the injury front. Uh, a couple other things, n- not really injury news. But Rashid Walker and Yash Nyman were rotating at left tackle to really throughout the game. Rashid was in to start. Nyman in on the second drive. Rashid back in in the third drive. Just a rotation there. I'm not a massive fan of that, but 
honestly, <laughs> there's no difference between Rashid and Yash at this point in my mind. So do whatever, do whatever you want there at the left tackle spot. One other thing I will say while we're talking about the secondary and Jair being out, when you look at the Packers' preferred secondary, if I'd said, you know, what would the Packers like to have their secondary look like going into the season, let's say after the last preseason game, I would have said it's Jair, Rasul. If you can put, you know, Rasul and Stokes on the outside and Jair in the slot, that's probably what the Packers would like to do. Otherwise, so it's either Jair, Rasul, Stokes or Jair, Rasul, Keyshawn, and then Savage and Ford at safety. The Packers' secondary today was Carrington Valentine, Corey Ballantyne, Keyshawn Nixon, Jonathan Owens, and Anthony Johnson Jr. Now, some spots you could argue are not downgrades. I mean, I would say Jonathan Owens versus Darnell Savage. You could, you could, and actually Anthony Johnson Jr., throw him in there too. You could argue which of those players has played better, um, but Packers would probably prefer Savage by quite a bit. And then obviously Nixon, Nixon being in the preferred secondary package, potentially in both instances, is not a downgrade. But other than that, it's pretty clear how much the secondary has been hurt by injuries this year. Rudy Ford, Jair, and then the trade with Rasul. So yeah, I thought that was interesting. Looking at the the potential, the ideal Jair, Rasul, Keyshawn, Savage, and Ford lineup versus the Carrington, Valentine, Carrington, Valentine, Corey, Valentine, Keyshawn, Nixon, Jonathan Owens. Anthony Johnson Jr. lineup. That's uh, that's what I have going into the game. The briefest summary I'm just going to give just to sort of set the stage. You guys all watch the game, I assume. So I don't need to talk about it too much. Basically, Packers ended the first half tied 10 to 10. There was some back and forth in the first half. Both offenses had some explosives, also had some mistakes, had some, some self-inflicted errors, and half ended tied 10 to 10. The second half, the game... Ended 23 to 20, Green Bay win. Green Bay's offense came alive towards the end of the third and the first bit of the fourth quarter put together two touchdown drives. Defense was finally able to put a couple of stops together and the Packers come out of Lambeau with a win. Awesome. I'm going to look, instead of doing, you know, my game notes, which has sort of been the, the way I've gone through game re recaps, I want to do something slightly different. I want to go into notable players well, first notable plays, then notable players, then we'll talk about overall offensive notes, overall defensive notes, and then get into players to watch. So notable plays. What were the notable plays? Well, first drive, Packers killed themselves yet again. They stalled. They got into third and one right around midfield. Looked like they were able to, they were going to be in a position to put up points. Horrible, horrible call on third and one. Matt LaFleur lines up in a, you know, what looks like a QB sneak formation where you have the quarterback under center and then the two guys behind him in sort of the, the tush push formation. Instead of just sneaking it and trying to get the one yard, Matt has Jordan turn around, hand the ball off to Jaden Reed, who tries to get around the edge. Chargers just completely blow it up. Jaden Reed loses maybe half a yard there. So that puts them into fourth and a long one. Okay, Whatever, Matt tries to go for it. I like that. I like Matt trying to go for it on fourth and one there at midfield, be aggressive to start. But the play call is a route basically behind the line of scrimmage on fourth and one? What? What? Just, they ripped away a chance to put up points. Luckily, it didn't cost them. Very well could have. Next significant play, notable play, Jaden Reed touchdown. 
Jane Reed, he got two run plays in uh, the Packers. I want to say that was the Packers' third drive. First, his first run play goes for just under 20 on a handoff. It looked like the drive might be going backwards. Packers, I think they lost a couple yards on the first play. Jordan says, no, 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 no. Matt says, no, 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 no. Jaden Reed says, no, 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 no. Jordan hands it off to Jaden, who takes it around the edge for a 20-yard gain. But that wasn't his biggest run of the drive. His second run, little end around to Jaden Reed, goes for over 30 yards, a touchdown to end the drive, put the Packers ahead. Guess who was on the field for that? Sean Ryan. Hmm, maybe having Sean Ryan on the field works well. I don't know. We will talk about Sean Ryan and Runyon a little bit later, but Jaden Reed getting the football early and often. He was on fire in that first half, and things looked awesome with the offense, specifically in that third drive. The next notable play, maybe not for a great reason, the Chargers' first touchdown. Packers, they are up 7-3. Justin Herbert comes back, says, all right, watch this, throws a 51-yard touchdown. Now, it shouldn't have been a 51-yard touchdown. It was a nice 30-yard completion. I mean, Packers in general play this soft zone coverage, so not shocking that uh, Justin Herbert was able to pick it apart. But then Joe Barry's whole rally and tackle approach pretty much falls apart as Jonathan Owens makes what I would call an utterly pathetic tackle attempt. Just it, his tackle looked like if you stuck me out there and said, go tackle Donald Parham. Jonathan Owens completely whiffs on the tackle and the 30-yard reception turns into a massive touchdown. 10-7 to chargers on that play. The next massive play comes, the notable play comes in the second half where Tucker Craft and Christian Watson combine for a touchdown. The Packers down 13-10. to Packers driving into Chargers territory. First, Tucker Craft with an incredible catch and run. Jordan, Yard, Jordan Love just swings it out for a little you know, three-yard reception or so, Tucker Craft said, okay, I'll do the rest, showing a lot of awesome flashes, takes the ball, gets upfield. Initially, we thought it was a touchdown, but he pretty clearly stepped out of bounds, so called back, still like a 25-yard catch and run for Tucker Craft. It's pretty exciting what him and Luke Musgrave could be. At this point, depending on what Sean Ryan does when he's actually allowed to start, Tucker Craft's becoming the best Packers third-round pick in recent memory. Um, but so anyway, the Tucker Craft touchdowns called back. Christian Watson says, let me pick you up, runs a crosser. Jordan Love, beautiful touch on the pass. Touchdown, Jordan Love to Christian Watson. Love it. Jordan did say after the game that Matt basically drew up the play in the dirt. They had seen a look. It wasn't in the game plan at all. They'd just seen a look and, uh, and a response from Staley's defense earlier in that game. Matt said, maybe we try this off of it. Drew up the play. Jordan and company execute it for a touchdown. Matt did confirm that that is what happened. He refused to take any credit, saying tight ends coach John Dunn deserves most of the credit on that play. Regardless, awesome, awesome, awesome. Love to see it 16-3 Packers after that one. The next sort of notable play slash plays, Anders Carlson missed field goal slash extra point. Between his missed field goal in the first half and missed extra point after that Watson touchdown, Four points that Green Bay left on the board. Now, didn't come back to bite them, but had Quinton Johnson caught the ball at the end of the game and walked into the end zone, it would have been 27-23. Packers likely would have lost. Carlson, had he hit the extra point in field goal, it's 27-27. Packers still have a chance in that game. So, Carlson, he definitely hasn't been as good as of late. I'm not going to go as far as to say, you know, 
anything too bad about him. He's been one of the best parts of this team, but maybe you'd like to see a little bit more. Weather's turning a little bit. Carlson, let's start hitting the kicks, right? Uh, sixth notable play, more like a notable drive, just an ugly drive from the Green Bay Packers to start the fourth quarter down, I want to say 20 to 16, but it could be 16 to 3. Either way, Packers, no, yes, sorry. Packers up 16 to 3 just after their own defense forced a fumble on their own goal line. The offense comes out and they have a chance here to really assert dominance in this game. Do they go three and out? No, they don't. All right, progress. But then they pick up the first down and have to punt immediately thanks to three mistakes. Really the biggest three mistakes of the game. First, Jordan Love rolling to his left misses a wide open Luke Musgrave on a play that he has to hit. Really the the play this game where you point to that and say, this is like the thing, Love, that you gotta clean up. These layups, like hit the layups, man. Luke Musgrave, wide ass open wide ass open up the left sideline Jordan Love just puts the ball on a line instead of putting just a little bit of touch under it letting Musgrave run under it oh god it hurts so much because that could have been a massive play from Luke Musgrave so they miss that get into second and 10 Jordan comes back hits the top of his drop and rips a beautiful pass to Dontavion Wicks the pass goes right through his hands so Jordan Love misses Musgrave on a play that he has to hit. Wicks drops a, a pass on a play that he has to catch. And then on the last play, the offensive line co collapses around Jordan Love. He seems frustrated with one of the receiver's routes, gets called for intentional grounding. Packers have to punt. Brutal drive there. Definitely their worst offensive drive of the game. Pretty freaking ugly. That is followed up, however, by the seventh notable play of the game. An awesome go-ahead drive from the Green Bay Packers down. 20 to 16. They just had to punt because of their brutal drive that we talked about. Chargers go right back down the field, score a touchdown. It's 20 to 16. You think, what's Green Bay going to do? How are they going to respond? And incredible go ahead drive. Doesn't start out strong. Packers get themselves into third and long after a fumble. But Jordan Love rips a ball over the middle to Dontavian Wicks, which draws PI. Then Wicks takes a hit on a short route, says, I don't care, bounces off the hit, turns around, gets upfield for a massive game. And then for the go-ahead touchdown, Love to Dobbs, puts it up there. Dobbs plucks it out of the air for a 30-yard touchdown. Packers on top, 23-20. to 20. And then the last thing I want to talk about, defense gets a stop there. Packers have a chance to put away the game. Awful closeout drive for them. First, they run the ball. Okay, so the situation, there are... Two minutes left, and the Chargers have all three timeouts. So Packers just need to get a first down, and then they win the game. What do they do? They run the ball three straight times. And I said, this would be, this is, the run game hadn't worked all day. I said, this is where it would be really nice to have a, lung, a run game to lean on. They don't. Matt still tries to lean on the run game. He runs it on first down, second and six. Okay, good. You got four yards. What are you going to do here? Maybe a quick pass? Something like that? No. Runs it again. Okay, I can see the thought process. Zero yards, however. Third and six. On third and six, Matt LaFleur hands it off again for zero yards. That is soft play calling. That is playing to lose. And for a coach that likes to be aggressive, I hate that. The fact 
that you want to just hand it off, force the Chargers to call a timeout, and then put the entire game in the hands of Joe Barry's defense is utterly ridiculous. It is soft. It is bad play calling. To Matt's credit, he did basically say all of that in his postgame presser, said he was embarrassed by how he handled the end of the game sequence, said that the defense bailed him out, which it did because Joe Barry's defense able to get the stop, Packers able to win the game. So at least he recognizes it. But horrible end of the game there. To hand it off on third and six is playing to lose. And or not, not playing to lose, but it's definitely not playing to win. It's playing not to lose. And that's how you lose football games. Can't do that. That's what I have really on this game on the whole. I mean, a lot of positives. A lot, a lot, a lot of positives. Moving on to my notable players to watch, not players to watch, my notable players who played well, who played nicely, Keyshawn Nixon. He had a couple nice returns, so the first one was wiped away thanks to a penalty, because of course, Packers special teams can't let us have anything nice. Um, and really, not just on special teams, but in the field, he looked really, really good, had a massive red zone tackle for loss that forced uh, a Chargers field goal instead of a potential touchdown, had another tackle short of the sticks to force a punt on the Chargers' next drive. He's really damn good. Keyshawn Nixon at, I mean, it's in the nicest way possible. It's hard to, to be too nice when you're saying this, though. He's really damn good at legitimately everything other than just straight up having to cover someone. And he's a lot of fun to watch play. Nice day from Keyshawn. Didn't get burnt too badly and had some awesome tackles, some nice kick returns. Next player, players discussion, Sean Ryan versus John Runyon. Look, Runyon, on the third drive, it looked like he was benched. He was sitting on the sideline with a hat on as Sean Ryan entered the game. Packers scored a touchdown on that drive. Packers now two for two uh, in terms of touchdowns on drives when Sean Ryan's in the game. Hmm, interesting. Maybe something we want to talk about. I don't know. I don't know, but just maybe. However, John Runyon Jr., gets put back in the next drive, and immediately, guess what, gives up a sack. It's just getting worse. Worse and worse and worse. Runyon's play's getting worse, and I get that the Packers always err on the side of experience, but it keeps hurting them. And shout out to Andy Herman for asking a question about Sean Ryan, basically saying, you know, what was the deal there to Matt? Matt answered that they came into the game looking to rotate some things uh, along the offensive line. This was sort of part of that, trying to induce some competition. That's good. I get it. And I get that maybe the whole plan was to just have Runyon play, uh, not Runyon, have Ryan play a drive and then put Runyon in for the rest of the game. But if Ryan looks that good, like maybe you really got to start thinking about playing him more. I get that they want to play Runyon. Maybe this is the the start of us seeing more of Sean Ryan, but really would have liked to see more of him there. And then, another player to watch, not player to watch, notable player, Carrington Valentine. So freaking fun. He's physical. He's so aggressive. I love watching this guy play. Had an awesome game today again. Yeah, he had a tough outing his first game against Denver. Came back, said, you know what? I don't care. I'm that dude. Played awesome against LA. Little bit tough against Pittsburgh, but comes out, looks awesome against a really freaking good quarterback in Justin Herbert, and the Rasul Douglas trade still sucks. Rasul Douglas actually played awesome for Buffalo today, had two interceptions, had a fumble recovery. Awesome. I love Rasul. I'm glad he's doing so well. I, in general, don't like the Rasul trade because of what Rasul brought on and off the field. 
but if it means getting Carrington Valentine more snaps, it, it could be worse. And certainly the trade would look a whole lot worse if Carrington were playing worse. But I love what Carrington's bringing to the table right now. Other player news, more crappy player news. Aaron Jones and Emmanuel Wilson both got hurt in this game. Now, Aaron Jones, he went down grabbing his knee. This looked awful. I was thinking ACL. I was thinking season over, like, this is, this is just disgusting. It's devastating. I've, I, my heart hurts. I'm feeling sick for Aaron Jones. Cart came out to get him. But Matt did say after the game that Aaron Jones' injury is not supposed to be anything long-term. Now, they could probably still put him on IR. I wouldn't be shocked if they do because it looked pretty ugly. But Aaron Jones was walking around. I mean, he is the like the heart and soul of this team him and Rashawn Gary he is an incredible leader I just I mean let me read this quote um from Matt Schneidman Aaron Jones quote 13 minutes left in the fourth I went out there they told me to stay back here in the locker room I realize it's only AJ in the game so I just get in his ear and be there for the offense I knew if they see me it would kind of lift them a little bit I mean Aaron Jones is just the most incredible person, player. I hope he's a Packer for life. So happy this injury doesn't seem to be as potentially damaging as we thought it was initially. Thank God. Um, in Saturday news, Emmanuel Wilson, he looked really good. Uh, he had to play more snaps as Aaron Jones got injured, but he looked really, really, really good. Was catching the ball well, looked explosive in the running game. However, he went down towards the end of the second half with an apparent shoulder injury. The cart came out to get him to his uh, shoulder or arm was apparently in a sling after the game. So, yeah, that sucks. Maybe a little bit more long term there with Wilson. Wouldn't be shocked if he goes on IR. Awful injury news there for Wilson. Um, hopefully they can both come back eventually. I think it's pretty clear the Packers are going to be trying to pick up some, let's say, waiver wire running backs to add some depth for Thursday night. Because even though Aaron Jones' injury is not supposed to be long-term, I wouldn't be shocked if he's held out Thursday night. Not shocked at all. Last two notable players, Jaden Reed. Need I say more? Um, He's just becoming an extremely dynamic part of this offense, and it's so much fun to watch. He's 5'10", but he plays like he's 6'3", on contested catches. Saw it last week in Pittsburgh. He runs a 4'4". Looks like he runs even faster, and 4-4 is a pretty damn fast 40 time. Saw it on that touchdown, just took it around the edge. And then, more importantly, his feel for route running, his feel for getting open is extremely impressive. You saw it today. He is so much fun. And then secondly, Dontavion Wicks, I mean, willed Green Bay down the field on their game, their, the drive to close out the game there on that Dobbs touchdown drive, took a hard hit on his big catch and run, didn't care bounced around, got upfield. He is so much fun too. I love Dontavion Wicks. Every time the the pass goes to Wicks, I'm just going to tweet out Wicks always open. I did it today. I tweeted out in that first, I want to say the first Wicks catch was where Love rolled to his left, did an awesome little, nice little hip flip, sidearm dart to Wicks. And I tweeted out Wicks dot 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 always open. Later in the game, like almost exact same scenario, Love just rips a pass in the middle of the field to Dontavian Wicks, and I tried to tweet out Wicks dot 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 always open. Twitter said, you've already said this. So I'm just going to have to, I just had to go back, had to quote tweet. My earlier tweet said bump. Um, the point is Wicks is always open. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's my catchphrase for Wicks. Look, could he be a little bit better at catching passes? Sure. He was also evaluated for concussion at the end of the game. So hopefully he's okay. But uh, man, 
such so fun, these young pass catchers. And we'll talk about it. Um, with that being said, let's jump into my offensive notes for the game. The first note I have, abolish the run game. Abolish the run game. The Packers need to be faster when it comes to abolishing the run game because it felt like every single drive where they ran the ball, especially on first down, it went poorly. And actually not even just on first down. There were numerous drives where I thought, okay, you're getting something going. Then they run the ball and it all goes to crap. The Packers' second drive of the second half got stalled around midfield because their run on second and two went for negative four yards. On the final drive, they ran it twice for four yards, run it again, get stuffed. I mean, that's the drive. That's the drive where you need that run game to close out the game. It can't. And that's kind of the state of this whole run game right now. The first drive of their second half also got blown up on first down with a loss of five or so. The Packers just continuously set themselves back by running the football. And these first down runs are becoming pretty devastating because when they're turning into five, six yard runs, it's awesome. You're set up in a great spot. When they turn into zero yard runs, one yard runs, negative two yard runs, now you're set back in disadvantageous downs and distances legitimately what are you supposed to do as a passing offense at that point it's getting really really tough and i think it's pretty clear that the packers have to start abandoning it and getting the ball into the hands of their playmakers through the passing game i think that we're going to see a lot of passing this week against thursday because of the lack of running backs i think we're just going to see a lot of hopefully quick passes as um sort of an extension of the running game and I think that's a way that they can work. They did a decent enough job of it today. Um it's it's actually funny how much nicer it is to watch Matt abandon the run when you actually want him to. If the Packers were running the ball well in this game and he were running it as little as he did today, I would have been screaming about how he abandoned the run. It's funny how your mindset sort of shifts when they have a passing offense that looks somewhat competent and they have a running game that looks not competent at all. So, I mean, yeah. Trust me. We're going to talk plenty about the run blocking this offseason. It's going to be a focus. But for now, I think the Packers have to start transitioning to a more pass-heavy approach. And with that being said, that takes me to my second offensive note, which is how many things went right in the pass game. Just continued to see flashes all over the, the field. The issue is that between those flashes, there are still those shaking your head moment the moment where you're thinking yikes right but i mean every single playmaker flashed today Jaden reed need i say more dontavian wicks what am i gonna say you know what i'm gonna say always open willing the packers down the field on their last drive christian watson touchdown speedy get him the ball more they did he put up a touchdown shocker romeo dobbs old reliable at this point just pulling in an incredible touchdown when they needed him to, multiple clutch catches. He's so strong at the catch point. Love Romeo Dobbs. Luke Musgrave, so much fun as a player. Almost had a massive play today if Love had been able to hit him. Uh, Jordan Love, I mean, right? Speaking of Jordan Love, some really, really, really nice throws. Yeah, he missed Musgrave on the one, but plays where he just hung in there, took a hit, made the throw that he had to. There's one play, I'm not sure this play is getting talked about enough, but Jordan Love... It's, the, it's on the pass to Wicks. Jordan Love steps up in the pocket, rolls to his left, flips his hips, and then throws a seed to Dontavion Wicks, who's able to get upfield for like 20 yards. I mean, incredible. Just rolls out, keeps his eyes downfield, flips the hips. Just awesome. Like, this is, that's the Jordan Love drug that keeps you coming back to him 
incredible from Jordan Love. And then Tucker Craft and AJ Dillon, I'm not sure I'm going to call them playmakers, but hell of a run from Craft today. And then AJ Dillon, I'm certainly not going to call him a playmaker, but my God, he's been running well lately. And it's incredible what a difference these last seven or so weeks have been when compared to the first three or so weeks of AJ Dillon. Awesome, awesome, awesome. From all those guys, so many flashes there. Now, that being said, there were a lot of mistakes too, and it's kind of the the story of this season, right? Packers, uh, when they were trying to come away with points after the fumble recovery, I talked about that drive. Love had the awful Mr. Musgrave. Wicks with an atrocious drop. Additionally, pass protection. This is what's interesting. It's, again, this thing of there's ups and there's downs. Some people in the pass protection game are really, really good. Zach Tom, he's quickly developing into the best player on the Green Bay Packers. Elton Jenkins, he's been playing awesome for weeks now. Um, even Josh Myers looks pretty good in pass pro, but the usual suspects left tackle and right guard failed them yet again today at left tackle. I think the Packers just have a problem. Uh, I can't remember who, but someone on Twitter said the answer to the question of who's better Rashid Walker or Josh Nyman is no, just no, right? Who's better Rashid Walker or Josh Nyman? No, both of those guys haven't been it for this team. I think they need a, maybe Rasheed Walker can develop in the offseason. Maybe that's going to be the plan. And if you upgrade at right guard, maybe you can deal with that being the plan, but certainly would like to potentially see them draft a guy at left tackle. Perhaps, no, actually almost certainly more egregiously at right guard. I don't know how Runyon, I do know how Runyon keeps getting snaps. It's because he has quote unquote experience, but it's absurd. He's a bad football player right now. He's hurting this team arguably more than anyone else. And I think that Matt's loyalty to both players and coaches is by far the most frustrating part of his tenure as a head coach. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of rearing its ugly head, especially here. But on the whole, I mean, we're seeing more positives than negatives right now. Certainly seeing a whole lot more positives than we were, than we were earlier in the year. And I continue to believe that Jordan is the guy for the future. My goodness, do I believe this receiving core is something the team can build around. Watson, Dobbs, Wicks, Reed. I love the, that. Um, What's the, what's the name? Trio? But when there's four people? I don't know. Whatever. Love that group. It's something they can definitely build around. Defensive notes. My first defensive notes just dinked and dunked as expected. I expected Joe Barry to come into this game and play soft, and he did. Now, I thought maybe the Packers would get run all over. They didn't actually, which was pretty impressive. I thought there's a chance his six-man boxes just give up massive run after massive run after massive run. That didn't really happen. However, against the pass, they sucked. It wasn't even short five-yard passes that pissed me off. It was 20-yard passes. It was almost like they had a wall of defenders preventing the five-yard pass. They had a wall of defenders preventing the 40-plus-yard passes, but they had no defenders in the middle. And so if Justin Herbert could throw it over that first wall and in front of the second wall, he would pick up massive gains, and he did all day long. That style defense is so frustrating, and I think that if it weren't for a lot of Chargers drops, a lot of mistakes, the results would have looked a lot worse. My second defensive note, really more of a question, does the defense deserve credit? On the one hand, the defense held the Chargers to 20 points. That should be good enough to win. In that way, yeah. I guess you deserve credit. They also got a turnover. Shout out to Kenny Clark for forcing a fumble, allowing the team to win the turnover battle there. They had no turnovers on uh, on offense, got a turnover on defense. They also played awesome against the run. I think that, though I did classify the Chargers run offense versus the Packers run defense as a stoppable force versus a movable object, 
they did look really good. I think that guys up front pl played well. Devontae Wyatt looked awesome for a lot of that game. Shout out to Devontae Wyatt. But I think that in general, that is all things that the defenses did well. And I, I'm, I'm happy with that. But then you can dig a little deeper on some things, especially the points. The Chargers, they dropped an early fourth down in Packers territory. They dropped a crucial pass on their second drive. And Keenan Allen dropped what would have been a touchdown. Additionally, the Chargers also fumbled on Green Bay's doorstep. A couple of those go the other way. Instead of holding the Chargers to 20 points, the Chargers put up 30, 35 points. Looks a whole lot worse from this defense. Oh, and by the way, Quentin Johnson dropped what probably would have been a walk-off touchdown on the game's final drive. So definitely a lot of areas where Green Bay's defensive performance could have looked a lot worse. And then I think... Additionally, just play after play after play, and this kind of jumps back to the dinking and dunking. We saw hole after hole after hole in Joe Barry's ludicrously soft zone defense. I, I We knew what we were getting. We knew what we were getting when we went into this game against a quarterback as good as Justin Herbert. So I'm not saying that I'm shocked, but there is no way in hell that Joe Barry deserves credit for whatever you want to call his past defense today. It was bad. And then additionally, I think. I think Joe Barry read the scouting report wrong. I think he thought they were playing like late stage Peyton Manning or something because that is how he was playing Justin Herbert's scrambling ability. Justin Herbert was picking up big play after big play after big play on the ground with his legs. Joe Barry did nada, nada to adjust aside from the last drive where he actually finally got Quay to spy Justin Herbert, but it took the entire game. Um, yeah, I mean, look. There's some positives you can take away. Some individual players played well, but Joe Barry plays the same thing every game. He doesn't, and this is the worst part. It's not just his scheme. It's the fact that there's no awareness to change in the scheme. There's no, it seems like there's no team-specific game plans where he comes up with an innovative solution to anything the opposing offense is, is doing. He needs to be gone. He deserves to be gone. Yeah, get rid of Joe Barry. That being said, in my players to watch my first player to watch Aaron Jones yeah it's a loss here I mean I thought he was going to come back have a bounce back game but an awful gruesome injury takes him out even though he wasn't having the best game to that point ruled out quickly uh, yeah looks better after what Matt said in his post game hopefully he's going to be okay looked like he was in good spirits in the locker room which is capital A awesome and yeah Hopefully Aaron Jones is okay, but definitely didn't have the performance I was looking for. So that'll drop me to 5-14. and 14. Second player to watch, Rashawn Gary. Now this is tough. It wasn't an awesome day for Rashawn. He was pretty quiet up until, um, well, on the last drive, the last Chargers drive, he did get called for an offsides, um, though it didn't end up mattering. But then he also had two massive plays. First of all, he had a fumble recovery. And I do in general hate citing fumble recoveries as a stat. I don't believe they should be a stat because what do they mean? They don't project... To anything it's about being in the right place at the right time but when you're talking about the impact that a player had on the game recovering a fumble is pretty important right Rashawn Gary recovered a fumble additionally he had a sack on the last second to last Chargers drive looked like you know Justin Herbert would actually be able to have time to drive down the field all three timeouts two minutes Sean Gary said no 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 not today got a sack forced the Chargers into a punting situation. That's where you wanted him to take over, and when you needed him to, he took over. 
awesome, awesome, awesome from Rashawn Gary on that last play there. And I think that alone is going to give me the players to watch because he came through when you most needed him to. So that'll bring me to 6-14 and 14 on the year. A little bit generous there. Yeah, perhaps, but I feel like I deserve the win there. That's what I have, man. Overall, the arrow is pointing up for this team. Defense, uh, yeah, that arrow remains more or less stagnant. For the offense, it's definitely pointing up. Now, the pass protection, not great. Run game on the whole is not good at all. But everything else looks extremely promising. Jordan Love, he was the first, he's the first Packers quarterback to reach over 300 yards in a game since Aaron Rodgers back in, you're probably thinking, you know, sometime last year. No, not at all in 2022. Back in week 14, I want to say, of 2021 when the Packers played the Bears. What? Wh what? Capital W-H-A-T. What? Ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. So Jordan Love's looking better. Playmakers are playing, making plays, as you expect from your playmakers. Hopefully they can keep stacking success now. They're going to be playing on Thursday in Detroit for Thanksgiving, so it's going to be tough there. It's definitely going to be tough there going in against an 8-2 and two Lions team. But look, this is where the team's at. Packers, <laughs> interestingly, fittingly, I will say, Packers point differential this season through 10 games is zero. That basically tells the whole story. Like a sine function or cosine function, you shift it by pi over 2. There are ups, there are downs, but all in all, it averages out to zero. It's kind of where we're at. Hopefully, they can find some success on, on Thursday's game against Detroit, but we'll talk all about it on either Tuesday or Wednesday when I come out with the pregame show. Haven't yet decided. Until then, thank you so much for listening to Dedicated Packers. Dream of big things. Watson making plays, Wicks making plays, Reed making plays, Love making beautiful throws. That's what I have for you. Until then, until Tuesday or Wednesday. Go, Pat, go.